0: This next episode from our vault is from episode 152, where Judy Gaiman talks about how to stay youthful in retirement. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and today we're talking about the fountain of youth, which, surprisingly, is gut health. I know, it's a weird topic for me too, but for me, when my tummy isn't acting right, my whole day is off, and I know that toxins building up in my body are probably making me age faster, both in the way that I feel, but also in the way that I look. I'm not sure which is more important there. So, if you want to know the secret of youth and how to make some small changes that will help you live longer and look younger, then stick around for our next guest who's actually been on this show before. Judy Gaiman is a very successful radio show host and her show is called The Staying Young Show. She is also a published author with books like Age to Perfection. Stay young. And her newest book is called Love, Life, and Lucille. And I'll bring her on in a minute. But before we start, I wanted to tell you that this episode is brought to you by the Medicare Quick step by step guide for signing up for Medicare. If you are signing up for Medicare for the very first time, you already know how confusing this can be. And the step-by-step guide is absolutely free and will help you easily make the transition into Medicare. Get it free. You don't even have to put in your email address at medicarequick.com forward slash checklist. Okay, I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Judy, thank you so much for coming back. It was my pleasure to be on the show. You're you're such a great host that, you know, of course I had to come back. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I am, like, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat trying to find out what's going on in my gut and how that can make me st- stay, you know, younger. Well,
1: this is a, a great problem that we have in our society right now, and that is a lot of our diets, the processed carbohydrates, the artificial sweeteners, all the things we're consuming have really wreaked havoc on our our gut microbiome. And when I say gut microbiome, I'm talking about the little bacteria that live in your gut. Now, we need to have some good bacteria, but we have an overgrowth of the bad bacteria, and so finding a way to balance the bacteria in your gut actually gives you better overall
0: health. Now, did you just say that artificial sweeteners are bad? I thought it was just sugar that was bad. <laughs> well, both are, both are bad,
1: but let me explain. Artificial sweeteners will actually kill off your good bacteria the regular sugars are not good for you either in excess. And that is because they feed the bad bacteria. So you'll get an overgrowth of the bad bacteria. So it's kind of like two different things going on, but we have to pay attention to these things because our our gut is, and the gut microbiome actually is connected to every other aspect of our body. Think about you know ourselves an organism we're really made up of a bunch of tiny little microorganisms and the health of those microorganisms actually reflect the health of our overall organism hmm
0: so oh man you're just giving me some really bad news so i can't eat too much sugar and i can't eat too much artificial sweetener either
1: correct Correct. You know, sweeteners like honey, those are really good. You know, honey is great in two ways. One, it's a great sweetener and it's natural. But two, if you get local honey, like it's your farmer's market and a lot of the grocery stores just carry local vendors for honey. If you get local honey, and that means within 250 miles of where you live, and you have a a teaspoon of that a day, it actually helps you resist allergens. So it's kind of like instead of going to get allergy shots, you're just taking a teaspoon of honey every day and you're building up your own immunity because the bees that pollinate are actually pollinating off the same things that you are allergic to because they're grown in your area. So when you have the honey, you're basically taking in micro amounts of that same thing and building up your own natural immunity.
0: Wow, but, but just a teaspoon. So I can't like, you know, put it on everything. <laughs>
1: not on everything but you know <laughs> but you know if you're going to if you're you're thinking wow should I like dump some artificial sweeteners or should I dump tablespoons of sugar if you can substitute honey yeah you, that's a better option
0: you know i stopped using i forget the name brand but the one that comes in the yellow packets yes because i know it well <laughs> yeah because i read somewhere so i don't do the blue because i think that causes brain tumors or something And so I had switched to the yellow and then a couple of months ago, I switched, I stopped using the yellow and I don't really like stevia, but when I, when I can, I'll, I'll use stevia and I started using stevia in the almond milk that I make every day. So I stopped using the yellow packets and I started going back to the pink packets, you know, like from the Mm seventies. So are those bad too? Like, does that kill off my gut or? Does that do something worse? You need to stay
1: no, you need to stay away from all these colored packets. I, honestly, there, there's just so much research upon research showing that it affects in so many ways. One, artificial sweeteners actually cause weight gain, which a lot of people said, oh, I'm going to like not gain weight because I want to use artificial sweeteners. Well, now there's been, it, first there was like three or four studies. Now there's like 10 studies that show that artificial sweeteners actually cause weight gain because it has to do with the brain chemistry. Well, originally they thought it had to do only with the brain chemistry, but now we're realizing that it actually has a lot to do with the gut microbiome, because if you have, if you're killing off your good bacteria in your gut, and your gut actually talks to your brain, and this is some kind of some new science that we didn't know even, you know, two, three years ago, and and that is that the two are interconnected. So when you have a die-off or kill-off of the good bacteria in your gut, then you have messed up all the systems in your brain that are telling the rest of your body, including your endocrine system, what to do. And then we get an excess of of weight gain. And it it sounds so counterintuitive, right? It sounds like, well, if I use an artificial sweetener, I'm, I'm going to be better off. But you're not. And you can gain up to 10 pounds. Like if you went from normal sugar to artificial sweeteners, you could gain an excess of 10 pounds a year.
0: Maybe that's my problem. <laughs> But okay, that's what
1: all the women are saying, right? They're like, "Oh, okay, I'm going to give up that diazonin now."
0: Right, right. Well, I don't, I don't do a lot of that, and and actually, I use. A, I don't know if this is considered artificial or natural. Have you ever heard of erythritol?
1: No, I don't know that one. See, there's a. Is it a okay. is it a sugar alcohol? Um, you don't know.
0: Well, it is, and it is, isn't. it's it's found it's found on this tree, I guess. It's sort of a replacement. You know what xylitol is, right?
1: I know what xylitol is. Uh-huh.
0: Okay. So we were using xylitol for a little while and then we switched because it's hugely poisonous to dogs. And I was on a, um, a cleansing diet and mm-hmm. the book said that I could use erythritol or xylitol. And so I used uh, xylitol during the diet. And then after the diet, I, I switched over to erythritol. And I don't have the same, like I test my um, urine to see if I have ketones because I'm actually on a, a ketogenic diet. A
1: keto diet. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And so I test and the malitol, the xylitol sometimes, those will both kick me out of ketosis, but the erythritol does not. So I've been doing that. I know you don't know much about it, but I'm sure. I'm sure it's probably bad for you, too. Sounds like they all are. <laughs> I'll research
1: it and let you know how bad.
0: <laughs> right. It's probably yeah. Let me know. P- post a show note. You know, down and say yeah. It's actually worse than all of them. Um, <laughs> it's like the worst thing you can do for your body. is take no, but actually, I I like it. It doesn't take that much. I make I make chocolate every day. Mm-hmm. I use. Erythritol and stevia. I'm, I'm trying to get used to stevia but I'm one of these people that find it extremely bitter and so I'm trying to trying to slowly make myself more used to it so I don't feel that bitterness. Okay so you've talked about gaining weight but how else do artificial sweeteners in your gut how does that affect longevity? I mean I understand gaining weight none of us want to do that but what about the rest of it? I don't like it seems kind of woo woo your gut is affecting your longevity that that it's a little woo woo so try it's to explain not woo
1: woo it. and it's funny you say that because uh when this first kind of this research first came out there was a lot of um kind of kickback that to the to the researchers the ivy leagues that were saying hey there's something going on with the gut we need to understand and and ironically yeah, you know, even the doctors kind of were like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, they weren't fully appreciating it. But we've seen a complete 360 with the doctors. They've completely come back around and said, oh, guess what? You're right. It is the gut. <laughs> we didn't understand this before. And I'll tell you something. It's a little gross, but it's, it's true. And that is that some people actually can get get fecal transplants. So you actually get other... Fecal are transplanted into your body, and it can correct a whole host of diseases. It can cre- reverse obesity. It can, it can correct just a number of things, even even depression. A lot of this has been studied. And I personally would not sign up for it, but a lot of people have some great results. And I think a lot of the the things with the the, the microbiome in the gut, and some of the other research. On and, and just staying on the artificial sweetener topic is, is, is really kind of now we understand it. And, and what I mean by that is we noticed that when people that had MS took artificial sweeteners, put it in their tea or whatever, I mean, it's in a lot of toothpaste, it's in almost all the gums, you name it. And when they were ingesting a lot of artificial sweeteners, they were having more flares and their disease was progressing at an incredible rate. And it wasn't until they started saying and the neurologists were saying, you know, I'm not sure what the connection is, but let's get all these people off of artificial sweeteners. So the the neurologists were taking their patients off artificial sweeteners and they saw that they were having a complete turnaround. Well, then take that another step further they started making sure that these patients had good probiotics and they had good prebiotics. And I'll explain what those two are here in a minute. And they saw even better recovery times and, and, and less time in between flares and less progression of the disease. And this wasn't just an MS. The same thing is kind of held true through a number of different diseases and disease states. And it, it's, it's quite remarkable now let me let me explain the difference between probiotics and prebiotics. Yes,
0: so probiotics.
1: Do. Yeah. So probiotics are like what we think of when we think of like yogurt or we think of going and taking the the probiotics, right? And and that is great. That's taking good bacteria and actually putting it into your system so that your guts have it. And prebiotics are actually the food for that bacteria. You got to have both because you can't just put the microorganisms in your system unless you are going to feed them what they need. So prebiotics are things like asparagus and, and really good vegetables and and things they need this to feed off of. So any kind of fibrous vegetable is really good for your your microorganisms. So you want to take in the the microorganisms. Sauerkraut is, is a great probiotic and anything that's fermented is really good. And then you get in and you do these prebiotics and you feed that. And you've created what your body needs, an ecosystem, so to speak, within your body for your body to do its job. And its job is to have cell replication and to create energy, and all of the things that we take for granted. And when your cells aren't replicating, they're just dying, and they're going to die anyways, but you want them always to build new ones. Right. As we age, what happens is we actually have our cells dying, and we don't have any duplications. We don't have any replications. We don't have any new cells coming on to to keep us going. And then we start to see the death process. This is where we see the telomere start shortening, the ends of the chromosomes. And on a cellular level, your body starts to die. And it could, you know, take years, right? But you start that process of aging. And, and aging isn't necessarily a number. It's It's really how your body is it's a state of being aging is a state of being it's it's really the deterioration on a cellular level now what's the that difference? was a mouthful i hope it, all of that <laughs> it was comes to you. it
0: was and i have a question so so we've got three terms here we've got microbiome prebiotics and uh probiotics the probiotics are the ones that we always hear about this in yogurt and things like that but i've heard that We'll we'll get back to that. But I've heard that yogurt doesn't really do anything unless you make it yourself.
1: Okay. But I got I something to say about yogurt. You okay. want to hear two, yes. sen- two sentences about it? Please. Here's what happened to yogurt. Yogurt is really good if you can get some plain yogurt, right? You don't need the fruit at the bottom. You don't need all these other things. And the reason there there's a lot of coming out saying, you know, yogurt isn't what it should be. It's not doing its job. Because what they did, and I just cannot believe that they did this, but they did. They they took packaged and processed yogurt. They stuck fruit at the bottom. Then they said maybe it's not sweet enough. They added a little artificial sweetener, or they added sugar to it outside of the fruit, which is already enough sugar. And then you have now a processed product. You take it and you ingest it, but you basically have done – done all the bad things with all the good things and it's a wash.
0: Mm. So that's why I'm being told because I know that we try to buy the unflavored yogurt and then my husband will add a little honey to it. Perfect. Um, not too much, but, but that's kind of how he likes it. But yeah, we've been told that yogurt isn't all it's cracked up to be because it's like all the bacteria or all the little things that you're eating it for are dead is that true
1: i w- I wouldn't say necessarily that all the things you're eating for dead that's that's not necessarily true, but I will say that if you get the package and processed stuff and it has been you know got preservatives in it and all these other things in it, then you pretty much are defeating the purpose and how I can tell a lot of times is and you can tell as mm-hmm. you go there and if you pick up <laughs> if you pick up yogurt and the expiration dates like I don't know
0: twenty twenty from now, yeah five <laughs> right?
1: years. yeah twenty twenty right, and we're
0: for, and, for the listener we're we're making this episode in two thousand and eighteen, so if you're listening <laughs> in twenty twenty that that's not for you, <laughs>
1: that's right, that's right, so if, if you can kind of tell you can tell by how many ingredients have been put in it. You can tell by, have they added sugar? Have they added artificial sweeteners? If you want fruit in your yogurt, fine, buy the plain yogurt, buy your fruit, cut it up and create it yourself. But the whole fruit, the bottom yogurt thing, Mm -hmm. no. No, don't do it. Just don't do it.
0: Okay. (laughs) Good to know. So basically we have to make all of our own food. All these prepackaged convenience things are, are really not good for you. We kind of yeah. know that.
1: I always say they say it's convenient, but it's it's not convenient when you got to go to the doctor all the time because you got diabetes, and
0: <laughs> right? Metabolic right. syndrome, and you know, <laughs> right, right. That's true. I mean, you know, it's back to basics, right? Cooking like our grandmas did. Right. Okay, so back to my original question that I didn't quite get out. What is the difference between microbiome and Pre and probiotics is there a difference? Are they the same thing?
1: Well, the microbiome actually refers
0: to the ecosystem
1: within the gut, the good bacteria, the bad bacteria, kind of what's going on in there and then, as part of that is the the probiotics that you're putting into it. those, those kind of go into it. It's kind of think of like the rainforest, right you, you, the whole ecosystem of the rainforest and the, and then think of the probiotics and the prebiotics is you're putting life into that system. So the parrots and all the things that live in the, in the, in the rainforest, you 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 want to feed that system. You got to create that system. You got to keep it healthy. Right. And then you need to, to feed it. And, And here's the, the, the probably most interesting thing is, and it goes back to this convenience factor that we have become a society that wants it and we want it now and we feel that having something instantaneous is the same or equal to something being healthy or good for us. And it's almost quite the contrary. The things that are the best for us sometimes take longer. Or the more complicated you for example, on a, a, a box or something you buy that you're going to eat, the more ingredients it has, the more complicated it is, the worse it is for you. The more simple it is, the better it is for you.
0: That makes a lot of sense. You know, but it is hard in today's society to do that. I mean, we're all so busy. The four-letter word. Right? <laughs> busy. That is true. That is a four-letter word. So, so what are some things that people can do to make, this style of eating back to the basics, simpler, easier, you know, like what about those, uh, meal plans where they're mailed to you? Um, do you, do you think those are all processed? I mean, they're usually, I I haven't subscribed to one of those, but it seems like they give you the ingredients and you put them together. Would that make it easier? Yeah.
1: For some people, it does, and it really depends on your lifestyle. And this is one of those things where they send you the box of stuff. And if you look at all these things that you're cooking, it's still back to four and five ingredients, right? Mm -hmm. And that is the key. Keep it simple. You're going to pay a little bit more for that kind of convenience, but I would rather see people pay more for that kind of convenience than to... A box. Buy something package, process yeah. in a box, right? Barcoded. If 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 you are the type of home, maybe you're single, or maybe there's you know two or three of you in the house. That's a good thing to try and see if that works out for you. Now they're not all created equal. You want to make sure that you're going with somebody that's using organic and 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 all that. I think that there have been some knockoffs for cheaper prices, mm-hmm. and when you get these boxes. They, yeah, who knows where the, the food came from? So, But there are some that that, that really are. They're certified organic greens and, and the meats, USDA, prime, now, grass-fed, whatever.
0: Now, why does organic matter? I mean, can't I just wash it off? Well, you can wash and you can rinse, but
1: I'm going to use celery as an example. Okay. Because celery is one that people probably don't think they should buy organic. But celery is one of those vegetables, and by the way, celery is a very good prebiotic. It's one of those vegetables that is really hard to grow unless you douse it in pesticides because it gets all kinds of bugs and insects. Now, some people have found how to organically grow it and and not have all these pesticides on it. But think about celery when you pull it apart, right? You can kind of see the cellular makeup of celery, the strands and the fibrousness of it. If you're growing something and you're putting chemicals on it and then that's your end result is that stalk of celery, where do you think those chemicals went? They went into the very being of that. They didn't just go on the outside. It wasn't like they were just sprayed in those kind of things are, or pesticides are put into the soil, they're put on top of it, they're all in it. So just because you rinse something off doesn't mean that you're not going to have the effects of a pesticide on the inside. Now, not all organic is is pesticide-free either, so you, you still have to be careful there. But your chances of of having a healthier, grown food is certified organic
0: Mm, okay that's good to know because it's not just sitting on top of the plant it's actually going into the plant and then you're eating that Mm -hmm. and and if it kills if it kills a this is what I say because um my husband and I don't use uh we don't generally use sprays inside our house you know um you know like bug spray We'll get right. a few ants. And now we are lucky. We live in California. And so we don't have too many bugs. But we will get ants sometimes in our house. And we'll usually just set out an ant trap. You know, we don't spray around. And our, our reasoning is, if it kills a bug, it's poison. <laughs> you know? Yeah, if it kills a bug, right? it's poison. We actually had a friend who... She had a, and here in California, where there's not that many bugs, you know. I mean, I, I mean, I, I do understand why people don't want to see a bug in their house, but I don't know. It just people freak out so much about about a bug. <laughs> it's like, oh, there was an ant. Well, you know, okay. Call an oh, the
1: pesticide company. I've seen
0: an ant. Exactly. <laughs> the, so, one
1: that I, the one that I killed and now it's no longer there. So right. there really isn't one left. Exactly. But case.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. And so my friend started using this pesticide company and she told me, oh yeah, I'm, I'm having them spray and they're coming out every month. And I said, are you sure you want to do that? You have, you know, you have a dog. She says, oh no, they assured me that this is dog safe. And, you know, I wasn't going to sit there and argue with her, but about six months later, she told me that her dog had some, I don't remember which organ it was. I think it was kidney. It's either kidney or liver problems. And the organs were shutting down. They had to go through this big thing. It was like $5,000. And then she stopped using that company. But, um, I mean, if it kills a bug... It, it's, it's dangerous. That's how I look at it.
1: It's kind of common sense, right?
0: Yeah, but people are told <laughs> that it's safe. They're like, oh, this is safe. Right. It's safe for your animals. It's safe for you. And um, I don't know safe just... for
1: your unborn child. You know, right. we have a lot of pregnant people that are are doing all kinds of things. They're around all kinds of chemicals. And they're around all kinds of you know, foods they shouldn't be eating, and artificial sweeteners. Whenever I see a pregnant person drinking a Coke, I want to vomit oh. because I just, I just can't believe that they're ingesting it. And, and take, take it, take it. And I say that meaning soda in general. Right. Take, you know, take, take a soda in general, and think about the uses that they have for soda. And in some countries, they actually buy canned soda to clean the rust and the grease off of tools in shops.
0: Right, and we're doing that to yeah. our bodies. And we're putting
1: mm. that in our body. And and imagine what that's doing to, you know, your mucous membranes and, and what's happening inside of your body, you know, whenever – I mean, just imagine your esophagus and your stomach lining and your intestines in general and your kidneys. Your body doesn't need that. That's not how our body was made to, to you know – take in food and nutrients and the whole story, the whole story behind soda is quite interesting, but you know, it's, that's a whole nother show, but
0: (laughs) right, right. Okay. So I'm the listener and I'm thinking, you know, basically I think part of the problem is if we were to eat something or drink something and it immediately gave us a stomach ache, we would probably stop eating or drinking whatever that was. But with a lot of these foods, it, I mean, we're talking, it's going to take 30, 40 years before we see the damage, you know, where yeah. we personally feel that damage. So it's, it's difficult. And, and we can't ask the listener to change their entire life. I mean, before Les was diagnosed with cancer, I used to tell him, hey, uh, number one, I wanted to buy organic. And he was like, no, it's a waste of money. You know, it's just a waste of money to buy organic. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing now. And number two, he used to eat so much sugar. And he was like, well, you know, I'm healthy. You know, he's good weight, was very, very, you know, just looked like a runner. And so obviously, I mean, if, if you've listened to the show before, to the listener, you know that we've cut out sugar. Um, but we haven't cut out everything. <laughs> you know, we, we do still use the artificial sweeteners. So what can the listener, what is one change that they can do today that's not going to change their entire life, but one change, one baby step that they can make that can help them live longer and be healthier without going into the cold turkey, I'm going to become a a vegan and I'm going to Never eat sugar or, or whatever, you know, without making that drastic change. What is one change they could make today?
1: I'm going to give them options, right? They could pick one of the following because everyone has a different thing that might work for them, and it, it isn't all going to be, it isn't all going to revolve around food. I'm going to give you a few things, pick one, listeners, just one of these things, it will it will make a difference. Number one, if you are into artificial sweeteners, just stop using them and look for them in everything, in your gum, in your toothpaste, in your drinks. Just, just go off of them. I promise you, you will not believe how much better you feel. And it, it, that will have an immediate impact. Number two, here's, these are options. They don't have to do all of them. They only have to pick one. Number two, set your sleep schedule and stick to it meaning you need to get seven and a half to eight hours of sleep a night uninterrupted. Make that mandatory, and you will feel so much better, and you also reduce your risk of Alzheimer's and a whole slew of other things. Number three, find a way to exercise. And it doesn't mean you have to buy a gym membership, but do it at least three times a week, stick to it, Be dedicated, do 30 minutes a day at least, at least three times a week, and do muscle building, uh, strengthening, and flexibility in cardio in that 30 minutes. Number four, I'm just going to give you four, and you can pick any of these things. Number four is eat seven servings of fruit and vegetables, not seven servings of fruit, split it up maybe two of of fruit and five of vegetables every single day. Because if you can commit to that and actually keep track of that, you won't eat as much of the other stuff because you'll be full. And it's better to say, I'm going to eat this than I'm not going to eat that. Go in a positive direction, do that seven servings, and you'll be amazed, one, how much better you feel, but also the things you're not eating.
0: Oh, so I don't have to do all four of them right now. Just nope, pick just pick one. one, and whatever seems probably easiest for you. It would probably whatever be the is to Start. Yeah, right. Whatever's right. easiest. Okay. Well, and then it'll
1: become a habit. And then right. You can pick
0: another one. Right. Right. So you could pick one for the first six months or so until it's a habit. However long it takes you to create a habit, and then pick the second. That is great advice. I know which one I need to do, but man, I'm having a hard time doing that number three. That number three is so hard for me. Nope. I even I well, I do actually. I I have a uh, a walking desk. You know, I have a a treadmill desk. Nice. Yeah, and so I do use that. So I don't, but it, that doesn't do strengthening, and it doesn't do cardio and it doesn't do flexibility so (laughs) but it is walking so but it is like hey at
1: least you're moving right
0: right right it's better than just sitting there (laughs) now what i need to do i need to do this i need to figure out a way to make the television not work unless it's attached to a treadmill there's gotta i mean plug it I know. Well, that, that's, there. that is a way, but you know, like, like if there was a way for me to, um, rig up the TV to where you had to be on a cart, you had to be on a treadmill or a bike or something, or it wouldn't work. Or it doesn't
1: work, right? Yes.
0: Make your own energy for it, right? Well, I don't know if I'm going to make my own energy, but just rig it up to where if there's not something moving, it doesn't work. <laughs> you know? That would be perfect. You should
1: you should invent that little switch and patent it, and I bet you'll make a lot of money.
0: <laughs> right? Or a listener, please patent that and send me send me one for free as your um, right. <laughs> as as payment. <laughs> and you know, I'm sure it exists. And I know there's um, t- I know there's TVs that are powered by you walking, but it would just be great if it just wouldn't work. Like, there's no way to turn it on unless you are on a cardio and I can tell you why we haven't done that it's because those things are we like to watch tv in our great room and they're not attractive you know the it's just not attractive and we we even have another room that has those items in it with the tv and we just don't go in there (laughs) so yes that is my goal is to get moving So Judy, once again, wonderful discussion with you today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, my pleasure.
0: Oh, always a pleasure to be on with you. Yeah. Before we go, you want to tell our listeners about your newest book?
1: Yeah. So Love, Life, and Lucille. Should uh, we were hoping to be out the end of eighteen, might be early nineteen now. So take a look for that. You can also uh, sign up to to. hear about when it does come out when it's launched when you can get it at judygammon.com that's j-u-d-y-g-a-m-a-n judygammon.com and that is about my experiences with my best friend who died just shy of her 104th birthday she taught me some incredible lessons lessons that everyone needs to know
0: and based on our last conversation she sounds like an incredible woman
1: oh absolutely just amazing
0: Right. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. And um, to the listeners, we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rock Your Retirement show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes one through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, Share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer,